much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business Greetings and salutations My name is Justin Lore <laughs> And I'm Leva Donald what, what is this accent? You're listening to episode 136 of Horror Business. Horror Business. Howdy, partner. And we're here. We're talking about two of them Italian films. We're talking about 1979's Beyond the Darkness, a.k.a. Bowie Omega, and 1980's Anthropophagus, a.k.a. Anthropophagus the Beast, the Savage Island, and the Grim Reaper. Two films directed by Joe D'Amato. Joe D'Amato. I, jo- I don't... Jo- Justin, why, why, what other movies has Joe D'Amato Joe D'Amato, first off, Joseph D'Amato has done several films in the realms of, uh, let's see, uh, erotic swashbuckling, comedy, post-apocalyptic, and erotic... Yeah. Th- Holy fuck. Uh, uh, erotic Nights of the Living Dead. Yes, that's a movie. <laughs> okay, wait, this is a good description of Joe D'Amato. Not only has this guy done... Emmanuel movies and post-apocalyptic movies and a series of truly upsetting horror movies. He's done the kind of movies on Letterboxd where they have to blur the poster. Have you noticed that when they put porn on Letterboxd, they blur the image? Yeah, his, I I mean, I can't imagine the poster for a porno Holocaust being too family friendly. (laughs) I don't know why we, I don't know why I had a twangy Yosemite Sam accent there for a moment. It was very strange because we're covering Joe D'Amato, who doesn't seem like he has anything twangy about him. Joe D'Amato, who is, I don't think, actually Italian, but I think, no, he's Italian. I was going to say, his real name is uh, Aristide Mazzasecchi, which for whatever reason I thought was Greek, because I'm stupid. Now, if his name was like um, Aristotle Kokolakonos, that would be Greek. (laughs) And that would also make me racist. I do think Joe D'Amato, though, is a name that an American would make up to make fun of an Italian person. Like, it uh, doesn't sound yes. like a real name. It sounds like, I'm doing a skit. Uh, the guy It's almost like the, it's not a real name. The guy who owns the pizza place, what's his name? I know, Joe D'Amato. Yeah, hey. this is my, this is fucking Tony Lasagna and Joe D'Amato, Joe D'Amato and uh, Tony Two Times. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he, he, uh, let me uh, reveal something before we get into other stuff here. This is going to be a fun episode for me because, Justin, I had not seen either one of these movies before. Oh, I have something to confess to you. Neither yeah. have I. I thought, I thought I had seen Anthropophagus and I think I might have seen bits of it because some of it, I was remembering some of it, but I had never seen that movie. What's psychotic is there's a famous part of Anthropophagus that I think people, or Anthropophagus, I don't know how the fuck you say it, and uh, there, people judge the whole movie by that one psychotic part, right? Uh, well, that's not fair. There's multiple psychotic parts, but there's one that the image of it is crazy. And I will say, this is the only movie where the climax of the movie is the poster for the movie. I don't know any other movie where they're like, just put the fucked up part at the end on the poster. That's fine. Um, Not as infamous, but Wreck. The remake of, uh, uh, or no, true. Quarantine, the remake sure. of Wreck. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Anyways, point is, they put it on the poster. I've seen that scene. And having seen that scene, in my head, I thought I had seen this movie. And then when I started watching it, I'm like, oh, fuck, I've never seen this before. So much so that when we have 
at the beginning of the movie, we'll get, we'll, I'm not spoiling anything for our actual conversation, but at the beginning of the movie, there's German tourists that are not subtitled. And not knowing that, I thought, wait, is the version I'm watching just a German version? What the fuck is going on? I was really confused for the first few minutes of the movie. It really was. I had to like stop and look it up before I knew that I could just keep going. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those scenes that people put into their compilation of crazy fucked up horror stuff. So I get it, but realizing like boiling the whole movie down to that one scene is a not representative of the vibe of the whole movie. Not at all. B is only one of a couple fucked up scenes. Actually, there's another scene that I would suggest is maybe not quite as upsetting, but is basically as upsetting. Yeah. It's when he um, eats a baby. Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay, so before we go any further, we would like to thank some people. First sure. off, we'd like to thank you, our patrons on Patreon, uh, for helping us not lose money. We greatly appreciate it because, like I will say till I'm blue in the face or dead or till someone shoves the sock in my mouth and says, shut up, money's not real. It's not. But the rest of the world thinks it is, so that's why running a podcast website network, John, costs money, and you, wonderful, beautiful people, you help us out with that. So if you're interested in becoming one of those beautiful people, you can head to www.patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. Not only will you be helping us out, as in me and Liam for hard business, you'll be helping Cinepunks out. You'll be helping out... Uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve. You'll be helping out Cinema Smorgasbord. You'll be helping out uh, the I can't even fucking think other other podcasts now. Tombs of the Galore, Tombs of the Unknown, Tombs of Tomb of Ideas, Tomb of Ideas. Yeah, Carnage Report. Carn- I've I've run out of gas. My energy is low. I'm fading. You'll help those out. We'd also like to thank um, top tier pervert Chris Reject and the other. B to your perverts at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now, Liam, if I asked you, I want to get a t-shirt made that said, um, I don't even know. Where would I go for my screen printing needs? Oh my gosh, you really have run as deep. Look, you want to go to xlvacx.com for Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, where... I will not confirm that anyone is a pervert, but I will confirm that they do uh, high-quality professional work, but do it like the fun kind of punk rock people they are, which is what you want, right, really? You want to not have to sacrifice quality for personableness, right? So head to xlvcx.com. And they're going to screen print something for you. They're going to screen print basically anything in the world. That's probably not true, but I don't care. So yeah, no, they just, will. Just anything you want. They're going to they're going to adorn it with images that you think are cool. If you okay, if you want to get a T-shirt that says George Eastman actually ate a baby on the set of the Anthropophagus, they will make that. That sounds good. Yeah. Who else do we want to thank, Liam? Uh, of course, we want to thank our friend Aaron Dahlbeck over at Essex Coffee Roasters. If you head to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, not only will you find high-quality beans roasted to order, uh, you'll also find quality teas, a variety of t-shirts. Uh, often, the coffees will have tie-ins with various bands and record labels. And honestly, you can go there and ask Aaron questions about preparing this coffee the best way you can at home, and he will help you figure that out. So... 
you should also ask you should also ask Aaron other questions like how are babies made? Uh, is it pronounced <laughs> vagina? And who are you? And what are you doing in my house? I wish you wouldn't do that, but I do wish that on your way out, after you've purchased a million dollars of things, you put in the code C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, Cinepunks, you're going to get 10% off your order, which if you did buy a million dollars worth of things, that's a pretty good discount. No, I mean, it's not. It's $100,000. Will you shut the fuck up? That's still $900,000. I hate you so much. Anyway. Anyway. Also, we want to thank uh, our buddy Sharky over at Mechanical Shark Media for all of his editing and audio help. And of course, if you have media needs, head to mechanicalsharkmedia.com. And I'm just going to plug really quick Rough Cup Flame Club, my t-shirt company. I don't know that we will have anything interesting out by the time this episode comes out, but check us out anyway, roughcupfanclub.com. That's Word. everything there, Justin. I think you have a question for me. So the question I have to ask you is... Um... So, the time is, I am very sad, Liam, okay? I'm very sad. My girlfriend is dead, and my wet nurse is offering me comfort by oh offering God. me to suck on her tit. Fuck, yes. And before I suck on her tit, I look over in the corner where you're watching and not doing anything. You're not helping me, I so fuck you. Not, yeah. No, you're leaving me to fucking die. And I ask you, Liam... What have you done involving Har recently? Um, not a ton, which I apologize for. I wish I had a whole list of very fun things I had I have done, which I do not have. However, I do want to mention something that is unexpected. Not unexpected that I have enjoyed it, but unexpected because I wouldn't think of it as something I would call horror related. Honestly, okay, only having. Uh, consume this media do i realize i think it kind of is so a uh, friend of the show adriana gober uh kind of got me hooked again on the latest sort of uh i wouldn't say latest but all the uh jonathan hickman x-men stuff right um, oh okay just suggested like hey you should check it out uh she even um got me um for uh, i think it was my birthday probably she got me a marvel unlimited membership and I, I read a bunch of stuff through there and then i recently listened to jonathan hickman on the uh cerebro podcast which is a oh sorry i'm kind of burpy right now give me a sec i don't want to burp on the fucking show oh, i can't get it out though i hate that feeling okay <laughs> um i listened to jonathan hickman's episode on the cerebro podcast and uh they were covering apocalypse and I'm kind of a fan of Apocalypse, and I think he was a good choice because Apocalypse is one of the central figures of the stuff that he started doing with X-Men. And so um, I started getting back into it. It's kind of sucked out my brain, and I realized that as I entered into the first kind of big crossover they did, which was the X of Swords uh, uh, crossover, um, or plot, I don't know if you call it a crossover, whatever it is, the, it's a big plot event. Um, there's a lot of horror stuff because, uh, it involves, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but it involves a bunch of descendants of apocalypse returning from a demon realm where they've been fighting demons for a millennia. And, uh, they're all very scary and they all have scary things that they can do. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that 
um, while we're still technically in the realm of superheroes. I mean, me coming back to X-Men is me returning to superhero comics, which I haven't really read for a long time. I've talked on here before about how much I'm reading like Hellboy stuff and other kind of indie books. I haven't been at a, you know, big two superhero comic for a long time, but with Hickman, there's so much weird stuff going on with the X-Men. Um, for people who don't know, Hickman basically rebooted the series, but he rebooted the series in continuity. Like a lot of times when someone reboots a series, you just wash away the past. Yeah. And you have hints of the past, but you start something new. That's not what this is. This is an in continuity uh, reboot, but it's a, it's a reboot that involves him retconning one specific character and allowing that to redo the entire status quo. And um, I could probably get into all that and explain it, but it would, A, it would take a while. So I don't know that that's worth our time. And B, I think it's kind of a surprise the way that he pulls that off. So if anyone out there is curious, willing to read X-Men um, and has not read the Hickman stuff, Go ahead and pick up the House of X, Powers of Ten uh, trade that sort of breaks down the first sort of miniseries that sets up the scenario. And if you like that, go from there. And I think not all the books are a huge knock out of the park. I didn't love the Fallen Angel stuff. I didn't love some of the Hellion stuff. But a lot of what is going on in the books now, like uh, in this period that I'm at, now granted, 2019 was longer ago than we want to admit. So there's probably stuff happening now that I'm not caught up with yet, but I, you know, where I'm up to, I'm really enjoying it a lot. And there's a lot of fucking weird. It's strange how much I'm noticing more recent stuff that is within the realms of sci-fi and fantasy still borrows a ton from horror. Horror is in the DNA of so many other genres, even more now than I think than when we were kids. So uh, you know, if you're a comic book nerd who also likes the X-Men, I, I, I think I would really recommend that stuff a lot. I found it really, really interesting. Um, and then I, um, uh, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Oh, and then I wanted to mention one of our sister podcasts on the network, Twitch of the Death Nerve, uh, did an episode talking about uh, shot on video. Well, it was about shot on videos movies generally, but a lot of shot on video is horror. So oh, you mean about, so you mean SOV? Yeah, a lot of SOV horror movies. Interesting. And I found the conversation really interesting and it really made me want to do an episode of horror business talking about SOV horror. Uh now the thing about SOV horror that I think That means shot on video. Yes. That I think you'll agree with is it's so hit or miss that I could take this whole list of stuff they recommended and there might be movies on there that I think are awesome and there might be movies on there that I find unwatchable garbage. So I'm kind of almost excited to find out which is which, but uh, we're going to, probably not the next episode, but sometime soon we're going to do a, a shot on video horror episode and that should be fun. Shot on video, that's what SOV stands for. Oh my God, I hate you so much. What about you, Justin? What's going on with you horror-wise? Um, well, let's see. Uh... Let me look at my, I guess the thing that comes to mind first, let's talk about some of the movies screenings I've gone to. Um, I took my niece to go see Day of the Dead at the Mahoning Drive-In and we oh, met fun. Howard Sherman who plays Bub. Yeah. It was very fun. My niece was very happy with that movie. She liked the fact that a bunch of racist soldiers were, you know, torn to pieces. Um, I also attended the annual werewolf party at the Mahoning Drive-In and saw um, an American Werewolf in London with the homies Sharky and Chris Reject. Uh, 
I went to the theater and I saw The Boogeyman. Did you okay. see it yet? I have not. Um, now, I don't want to name names, so I'll protect this person's identity. Let's just call them... Uh, oh, how could I... Let's just call them uh, Maris uh, Preject. <laughs> yeah. Walked out of this movie because he was so scared. That can't be real. That's not real. No, I thought he was fucking with me when he texted that, but when I saw him in person, I was like, seriously, he was like, no, dude, I just wasn't in the fucking like mindset to see that movie. I was getting, it was too upsetting. Like he was, he was serious. Like, and here's I mean, the thing. I don't want to make fun of that. I think that there's something about that that is fun and interesting. No, it definitely is. I, I, but I'm here, very I, surprised that that's the movie. I, well, in his defense, um, I haven't really spoken much about this movie on social media and like that, but like this movie starts out really fucking strong. Um, the short story that it's based on the Stephen King short story that was in, I think the night shift was it the night shift or skeleton crew that it was in? No idea. It was one of those, one of those, um, that story scared me so bad when I was a kid. Cause I think it hits like a similar, it hits you in a similar like area that like, the the fear of it does you know little kid big monster your parents can't help you like it's a it, it's a very primordial fear um and like so the movie it's a it's a short story it's like maybe 20 pages and the film covers that in the introduction of the movie in which a man goes to a therapist he's like i need to talk to you i murdered my children um you know, I, I didn't kill them, but I'm responsible for their deaths. This thing killed them under my watch. That's the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. And I, I always forget the actor's name, but it's the guy who was in the Ant-Man movies that wasn't Michael Pena. He was in, um, he was the polka dot man in the James Gunn yeah, Suicide Squad film. okay, yes, yes, yes. I forget his name as well. Um... His das I have that's Malchin or something. I like that? I made a joke. I I made a joke that it was Dalmatian. It's not Dalmatian. It's something like that. Um, I have long held, and if you've ever talked to me at length about like horror and what scares me, expressions of fear and people being afraid that they scare me. Like I I find that terrifying. That works in this movie. The opening sequence of this film where he's talking about this thing that killed his kids is so fucking harrowing because he sells it. Hang on a second. My, my, there we go. My phone is ringing. My bad. Um, it's so scary. It's so effective. It's like, I mean, it's, it's intense. It's very intense. Um, the rest of the movie is like, I mean, it's, 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 it's uneven. But only because, like, the scary parts where they try to be scary are very effective. This movie is very scary. Um, there is no, uh, there are, like, a few jump scares, but they're, like, the good kind of jump scares where they, they set it up and it's earned. The only problem is the parts of the movie that aren't, like, pants-pissingly frightening are woefully boring. Um... It's by the same guy who directed The Host, which I think is, I mean, we covered it on here. That is a, I think that's a great movie. Um, not the best at character development. Not the best at injecting emotional stakes into a film. Um, I really didn't feel any sort of, I don't, I don't know. It's like, 
It's not that I didn't care about the characters. It's just like the attempts at like fleshing them out emotionally and giving them like some kind of depth, I don't think succeeded. And I think the ending was kind of weighed down with like a saccharine, um, with a sense of like corniness that was like, oh God, don't, no, don't do that. And if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but like I said, the scenes with the boogeyman and the scenes where they're they're trying to be scary are very effective and very frightening and very upsetting. It's just everything else around it is just like, what 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 are we doing here? Um then I I saw a movie called Unwelcome by the guys who did Grabbers. Um that was fun. Imagine if like gremlins and straw dogs were like blended together. It's pretty cool. Uh, I saw a movie called Walking Against the Rain. It was like a post-apocalyptic, um, kind of like Starfish, but like with more monster action. Uh, I saw a movie called Dark Nature that was pretty creepy. Uh, what else? Uh, creepy Pasta. Saw that on Tubi. Don't watch it. Not worth your time. Um, I finally saw Pearl. Great movie. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I liked Pearl a lot. I really liked Pearl. Um I'm looking at my Instagram because that's where if you follow me, I, I always post like the now watching. So uh, I saw a movie called Brooklyn Four Five on Shutter, um, directed by Ted. Like Ted, Gahan, I always Gahan. yes, yes. Uh, I liked it. I really liked it. It was like almost cartoonishly like World War Two esque. Like yeah, we got these Nazis. We we did a lot of things in the wall. Maybe we would not be proud of. But if we didn't do them. America wouldn't be what it is. Sometimes good men have to get the, the hands dirty to keep the rest of the world free. You're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Uh, saw a movie on Tubi called She Came From The Woods. Uh, that movie was fucking awesome. Uh, saw a movie on Shudder. Influencer. Liam, oh. you should watch this movie. I was curious about this movie, but I, w I wasn't sure if it was worth checking out. It absolutely is worth checking out. Okay. Um, and then I don't know if I should talk about this all that much. Um, Chattanooga Film Fest is coming up. I've gotten a few screeners from that. I haven't watched. I've watched one of them. Uh, I watched a movie called Mind, Body, and Spirit. Um, not really going to say much more than that because I don't know if there's like a embargo on it yet. But it was neat. Um, and then I watched a movie on Screenbox called uh, Jethica. That's Jessica with a lisp. Uh -huh. um, this movie was a fucking blast. Uh, I had reviewed a film called. Um, oh, my God. Now I can't even I feel like an asshole because I can't even think of it now. The one guy in this movie was in a film I reviewed for Cinepunks. Um, I feel like a jerk <laughs> because it's. Uh, this movie was a lot better than that movie was. And it's a classic example of, like, when someone is, like, someone who is talented is, like, given the right material, they can work with it and make, a, like, something truly fun. Um, Jessica is on Screenbox. It's absolutely worth watching. It is such a fucking neat movie. Um, it's all about, like, stalking and, um, like, escaping, like, an abusive relationship and all that. Uh, it is one of the few movies I've seen described as like a horror comedy that actually is a horror comedy, like not too over the top. And it's quietly funny and quietly scary. Um, but yeah, that's on screen box. I definitely recommend that. And, uh, 
was it not last night, but the night before, I attended the haunted house party at Mahoning Drive-In to see the classic Toby Hooper film, Poltergeist. Directed by Toby Hooper. Did you know that? I mean, I, a lot of I, I see you trying to bait me right a now, lot of people, let it go. A lot of people, did you know this, Liam? A lot of people say Steven Spielberg directed that movie. Did you know that? A lot of people say that. No comment. It's, it's not true. Toby Hooper directed it. Do you know, do you, you've heard of Toby Hooper. Will you stop? Produced by Steven Spielberg. Directed by Toby Hooper. Why are you messing with me right now? I'm just being, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just goofing. Um, but yeah, that's all I've done involving horror. I started reading uh, The Indifferent Stars Above, which is horrific. Mm-hmm. It's about the Donner Party. That's mm-hmm. horrific. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've really done recently. Hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty, no, not a bad one. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about 1979's Italian exploitation horror film, Beyond the Darkness, also known as. Boy Omega. I don't know what that is. It translates as Dark Omega, which has nothing to do with this movie. nothing, yes. All right, we'll be right back. You are easily frightened. We advise you not to watch this film. On the other hand, if you enjoy the violent emotions, this film is for you. place than in your truck. Sometimes I could kill you, Iris. Just once. I want you to make love to me before I die. You mustn't speak like that. Death has no power to separate us. You swore you'd never come back into this room again. I want to stay here alone with my mother. Frank, your mother's dead. So is Anna. Do you understand me, Frank? No! You will, though. You'll see. You'll do it! (laughs) A young girl was reported missing three days ago. When last seen, she was in this area. Did you see anyone then? No. Who are you? Police. If you enjoy the violent emotions, 
This film is for you. back to talk about 1979's exploitation spaghetti horror film beyond the darkness directed by joe damato it is a um apparently a remake of the 1966 film the third eye which i didn't watch i've never heard of i probably won't watch it but what is important is did you know that this film is an entry it, it is like an unofficial um it's a it's a it's a la casa film no this one is yes it is I thought, okay. All right, yeah, okay, fine. It's a La Casa film. It's a La Casa I, film. I, I always thought that the Beyond the Darkness... No, I knew Beyond the Darkness was a La Casa film. I thought there were two movies of the same name. That's, that's what mm. I thought. Mm. Um, I like this movie. I like this movie for the same reason that I liked Anthropophagus. Uh, it didn't need... <laughs> it absolutely did not need anything supernatural to work. It could have been a straight-up slasher film, and yet... Fucking Joe D'Amato, he couldn't resist. He had to throw something in there that was supernatural with the fucking voodoo curse. Or the voodoo doll. Um, I don't, I, like, another thing that this kind of, like, it, I don't know. Do you think this film has any relation to Giallo films at all? No. None at all? I don't think so. I don't know. I kind of got, like, Giallo vibes from it at times. Uh, it's just because you think all Italians are the same. <laughs> This You're right. Your... It's because I'm racist against Italians. I didn't say racist. I just think you're watching it going, they're in Europe, they got funny accents, there's dead ladies. It's a Giallo movie. And I'm like, first of all, in my experience, and I'm not an expert, part of the essential aspect of a Giallo movie is the mystery, right? Yeah. That's what separates the Giallo from just a traditional horror film is there's some mystery aspect. Uh, a lot of the visual cues, like this movie doesn't have the style of a lot of Giallo movies. And a lot of Giallo movies, while they have tons of blood, they don't always have guts. And yeah. I would argue this movie has more guts than blood, right? I... Like, there's some murders, <laughs> but really the, the goriest parts of the movie are not like someone gets stabbed in the throat and blood shoots all over a wall, a la Tenebrae. It's my man is gutting his girlfriend and dropping her guts everywhere. This, and it's fucking horrifying. This movie was so disgusting. I was like watching it while eating and I had to do like the, yeah, we're going to pause that, put put the food aside. I like, mean, here's the thing. There are, there are different things that people find gross. There are people, there are people for whom a movie that is showing you a dispassionate, um, uh, it's not really an autopsy, right? Because he's not studying the body, but it's a, it's a. He's basically preparing his girlfriend's body for taxidermy. Uh, there are people who watching that, the lack of passion, the realistic guts. That's not gonna fuck them up. What would fuck them up is someone's fingernails getting ripped out or someone eating something gross. You know what I mean? Like everyone has their gross things, but I think most people watching this movie are gonna be fucked up by the guts. They're going oh, to yeah. see the guts, knowing full well that it's fake, and still be like, oh my god, I'm going to puke. It didn't gross me out as bad as I thought it would, because I had been told how gross it was. And it didn't like make me queasy. But did it make me cringe? Oh yes, I was fucking... 
this is this is the the first thing I've watched in a while that I was cringing, and that cringing had nothing to do with embarrassment. Because what really makes me cringe, Justin, is all those comedies that are just embarrassment comedies. Yeah, everyone's being embarrassed. That shit makes me cringe. This just made me cringe because I was like, oh god, oh that's gross. But I didn't quite get queasy, which oh, is I like got, a big deal. I got queasy. Um, you want to know weirdly enough what the thing that like made me like want to fucking throw up. What? The scene where the wet nurse is eating whatever it is she's eating. That's not a surprise. I think that's the grossest part of the movie. Because that's they disgusting. Just, they just did a bunch of gross stuff with the poor American girl that they murdered. They just, like, took apart her body and chopped it up or whatever. And then she's eating that fucking stew with all the meats. And they Ugh. zoom in on her mouth while she's chewing with her mouth open. It's fucking... I mean, it's meant to be gross. And it is gross. It's. I would say that's... That part and the part where the scared American girl actually kicks the gut bucket over. The yeah. guts the guts are gross, but something about the gut bucket pouring the guts into the floor, I was like, oh, that's gross. Fuck that. Yeah, this this movie was like, uh, it's weird because it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like gory. It was just nasty at times. Like, it was just like, ugh. If by gore someone means a depiction of human insides, on the outside, then this movie's incredibly gory. Oh, yeah. By gore, you mean special effects to simulate violence, though there are murders in this movie. This isn't a movie where he just has his... Because that's when it first got going, Justin, I had this fear of, is the whole movie just his girlfriend is his dead doll now? Because while that is fucked up, I don't know that it's scary. And they do add in other things. It's not just that he has uh, his taxidermied girlfriend in his house. However, even the violence in the movie is not as special effectsy as you would think, which I think when people say gore, they actually mean that more than just guts. They mean the recreation of violence in a special effects setting. I don't know that this movie's the only place that it's breaking new ground is when he cuts open his girlfriend and takes out the guts, which is not him being violent. It's him being meticulous and careful. There's no passion in that scene, if unless you count when he eats her fucking heart, that's yeah, you know. that is. But even the way he does that is not as he's not a ravenous beast in that scene, which makes it more fucked up. If he, if he was like fucking Sabretooth, look at me reading comics recently. Yeah, you if fucking he, nerd. If he was a monster eating her heart, that'd be one thing. But he does it as like, oh, this is just a cute thing that you do because you're in love. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like that made it more I, I guess that's the thing with this movie and, and i'm realizing this so i'm no joe damato expert i've probably only seen a few other of his movies right uh but for me justin i really thought maybe what joe damato is is a marriage of a kind of ethereal europeanness right the, okay. The, uh, I mean, like an ethereal thing, like like a Jean Roland film, like Fascination or uh, Vampiros Lesbos, that kind of vibe, right? Uh, which maybe I'm giving too much to this, and it's certainly more 1979 Beyond the Darkness vibe is more ethereal than Anthropophagus. But even Anthropophagus has just some weird moments that don't feel like. I mean, Anthropophagus is really like. How do we inject the gore of a zombie movie into a slasher film? And that's sort of like the way that it goes. But there's also this other thing going on that I think is even more present in Beyond the Darkness, which is 
if it wasn't for the straight up guts on guts on guts, this movie's just kind of like mm, dreamishly unsettling, right? It's just like a vibe a lot of the time. But then gross shit happens, whether that's like we said, his the girlfriend scene or what after he murders this American girl, or even like when they throw the other woman into the uh crematorium, right? That's not that gross, but she is kind of shaken in there in a weird way, and that's kind of upsetting, right? So yeah. it's kind of like the injection of these viscerally upsetting scenes into films that might seem otherwise kind of passive, honestly, you know? Yeah. Uh, this, uh, it, okay. There's something about this movie, and I don't know if it's just the title. There's something about this movie that is... I don't know how to, I don't know how to I don't know how to say this. Um this movie feels way dreamier and surreal than it has any right to. I agree. I agree. There there's just something about this movie that there's nothing overtly supernatural in it. I mean aside from the fucking voodoo doll but whatever. But this there's something about this guy who is um you know, preparing his girlfriend's dead body and keeping it and the murders and all that. There's something about that that feels like vaguely ritualistic and cultish that I I wish I ha I wish I had the I wish I was better able to explain myself. But I was watching this movie and it, it just reminded me of um I don't know. This I I, I can't even explain it. That's that's all it. There, I don't I don't know what it was. I I I honestly think it's just the title because the title like Beyond the Darkness is very like weird and almost like Lovecraftian, and this like this movie just has a sense of like like you're watching like a mundane nightmare play out, and uh, there's no real overt. I mean, there is when he pulls the fucking woman's uh, fingernails out with pliers. It's not like a, like a, like a, like a overtly violent movie. Um, it's just upsetting and obscene. And I think that coupled with the weird cultishnesses of it. Um, I don't know. I just, I, 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 well, I, I, I like this movie a lot and it, there's, I don't think I've ever seen anything that comes close to it. Yeah, I think that's I think both of those things are very true. I think compare this to a movie that relies much more on the concept of gore. Let's say like compare this to like a Herschel Gordon Lewis, right? Or yeah. anyone in that school. There's going to be there's a certain kind of exploitation film, right? Where all the presentation of the gross shit is going to be done in a way that feels very grand, right? Very theatrical like here's the guts and zoom in on the guts yeah that's what i'm saying is like that okay that's another thing i was trying to this doesn't have the, 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 the this doesn't leer the way a fulci film does it doesn't have that like look at this and just shoves your face in it it just there it is it kind of it kind of walks the line between a documentary and an art film right yeah it has moments that feel very unemotional in its filming and it has moments that feel very artful in its depiction 
But, you know, uh, someone on Letterboxd said, I don't know who the first person was who uh, combined the term art house with outhouse, but they might have been thinking of this movie. And I <laughs> and they meant that as a compliment. And I think that that's true. This is a movie that is so confident in its depiction, both of upsetting things in a visual way, but also upsetting things in a mental way, right? Like there are lots of gross moments in this movie that don't involve any blood or guts that are just like, like, like you've already hinted at that his lover and his weird psychological blanket is his wet nurse who comforts him by putting her boob in his mouth, even now as an adult, and then wants him to marry her and become like her love for the rest of her life. Right. It's it's just yeah it's it's all gross it's gross top to bottom when the sister shows up all this stuff going on it's all it is somehow I guess there's something sometimes this is gonna sound insulting and I don't mean it that way because as y'all know I love exploitation films but there's a gimmickiness to some exploitation films there's a thing to say we got our hooks in you and we're gonna reel you in and this movie doesn't it feels like it doesn't fucking care if you're enjoying yourself or not it doesn't care if this is going to go over with the teens there's no hook here there's no you could play this at a drive-in but unlike a lot of drive-in movies this doesn't feel like a some movies justin to me they feel like carny shit they feel yeah. like a barker being like hey come check it out we got the thing and it's like you know you're being pulled into the big show this movie's like I'm just going to tell you a story, man. And yes, this story is filled with some of the most upsetting shit. Though I don't want to overwhelm it because there are going to be some people who, if you oversell how gross this movie is or how fucked up this movie is, they're going to inevitably be disappointed because this movie is not a Serbian film or whatever the fuck. It's not an edgelord thing. No. It, it is a clear-eyed, somewhat artistic depiction of a hauntingly depressing story only the parts that if this was a hammer film, they would leave out are in and they're not in, in like a, whoa way they're in and just a, yeah. And then put the guts in the bucket. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. No, do it this, carefully. this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, good. Okay. Where a film like a Serbian film or fucking human centipede or any of those other fucking dumb cock movies would just like, you know, I, I I've made the comparison of like, if a horror film's goal is to upset you, it's like a boxing match. You can win by skillful, you know, blow throwing and <laughs> blow throwing, uh, skillful throwing of punches, or you can punch someone in the dick and, and knock them out. If a Serbian film is getting punched in the dick, this movie is, um, taking your opponent apart over like four or five rounds. This movie works to make you upset. It doesn't take any cheap routes. Um, even like, I don't want to do the spoiler. Like when the person shows up at the end, mm -hmm. was that hinted at earlier in the movie? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. Okay. See, I didn't, I didn't catch that at all. So when that happened, I was like, Oh, what the fuck? What, what is this? Like, is this like this guy going crazy? Like, um, And that was, I mean, that, that's what, what I'm saying is like, that was upsetting too. It's like the added like weird psychological element of it is also like, um, it earns you being upset at it, which I appreciate. Even if, you know, I'm not a 
I'm not crazy about like you know gore and blood and violence like I do appreciate a film putting in the work to skillfully upset the viewer at the same time like you said this movie is almost disinterested in whether or not you're watching it like when it's you very, said like it's very clinical yeah it, it's like when you say the movie is saying here's a story I'm gonna tell you I don't even I don't even know if it's doing that like this is almost a movie that is like unaware that it's a movie if that makes any sense right, it's right. it's it's that like it's that uninterested in um, being viewed, which is like paradoxical because it also puts in the work to fucking make you cringe and make your skin crawl and make your fucking gorge rise. I mean, um, I do think parts of it are like you brought up when he pulls out her fingernails. There is a sense in which this movie is also unhinged, right? Like, yeah, we already know that he's a weirdo when he wants to turn his his dead girlfriend into a you know taxidermied you know thing right but then when he starts murdering other women it's not quite clear why that starts per se like i it kind of makes sense but it kind of doesn't if you're like really thinking about it but i think it doesn't matter right like no part of you goes well that doesn't make sense why he would do that you're just watching this horrible stuff unfold in a way that feels very natural yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's just this constant parade of just, like, making you squirm in your seat. It's like everything about this movie is just, I don't know, it it it, it really is, I, I think, a perfectly effective film at, at just getting under your skin and, like, in every possible way. While somehow being, like, kind of restrained, which is really, really weird. Because, like, like, I don't know. I'm not, like you said, I'm not a Joe D'Amato expert, but the aura and the fucking, uh, the legend around Joe D'Amato is like, oh, it's like, fuck, you know, it's like, he's like up there with like Fulci and Herschel Gordon, um, Jesus Christ, uh, yeah, Herschel Gordon, is it Herschel Gordon Lewis? Yes. Yeah, I don't know, the godfather of gore. Um, but for a, for a man with like that kind of like mystique around his name, this movie is 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 not the fucking like gore fest, violent filled, violence filled like. Hey, I just looked it up because I wasn't sure. You're thinking of Beyond Darkness, not Beyond the Darkness. Oh, so this is not the the Beyond because I, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen the La Casa Beyond the Darkness, but it's it's just Beyond Darkness, and it's directed by Claudio Fragasso. You know what? Chalk it up to me being racist against Italians. I mean, it's justified, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, no, this is this this movie is it's it's um it's more than you would think it is. And if you know who Joe D'Amato is and you haven't seen this movie, I guarantee it's more than you think it is. Uh it's a fucking well-made movie, and it's 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 very well done. And it's far more effective than uh, than a lot of other like uh, exploitation like splatter films, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, I think that, yeah, I I do think that because there are extremes in these two movies, they get written off in a way as just movies that are about their extremes, and I think that's a little bit fair with the next film that we're going to talk about because there's a little 
there's a little bit more of a showiness to it. Yeah. But it's still doing something that's kind of psychotic in its own way. That's not just a standard horror movie, if that makes sense, which, you know, we love standard horror movies. I don't mean that as a negative thing, but I think the grossness maybe for some viewers obscures what else is going on in the movie. And for me, it's more of a flavor additive, right? I guess, I guess in a sense for Joe D'Amato guts is cilantro. Maybe you think it tastes like soap or maybe you think it makes it taste better, but it's really going to be up to the viewer, whether beyond the darkness is their kind of vibe or not. I think our next one is a little bit more approachable, but it has just as much upsetting shit in it, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also want to say uh, an interesting fact about this movie and something that um, I noticed and was kind of impressed by. It may very well be the only film I've ever seen that uses sex as a source of discomfort, and it doesn't rely, it doesn't use rape. That's very true. I mean, the whole movie is sort of an exploration of the relationship between sex and death. Yeah. Done in a way... That is not sexy in any way. Like, no, no part of this movie is hot in any way, shape, or form. And the one or two times you think there might even be some, like, unjustified nudity, the movie's like, nah, let's just have a murder instead. We'll just do a murder. That'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to point out that uh, if people are curious about the Beyond Darkness movie, that is the guy who directed Troll 2. Just to give you a a vibe of what that movie's like, which is not nearly this level of uh, phantasmagorical. Yeah, uh, I've never seen Beyond Darkness. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably not as good as this. Uh, I'm going to go with you're right, even though I do like it. (laughs) Okay. I I do. I like it. What, Troll 2? Beyond Darkness. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Joe D'Amato's other film that he probably made, like, he probably yelled, that's a wrap, on Beyond Darkness, and then immediately started filming this. Um, 1980s, Anthropophagus the Beast, a.k.a. Anthropophagus, a.k.a. The Savage Island. Uh, fun fact, I watched this movie on Tubi, uh, TubiTV.com. Um, on Tubi, it's The Savage Island. It's not Anthropophagus. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's also The Grim Reaper. Um, the cover of the version of this where it's called Anthropophagus, The Grim Reaper, is fascinating because it's George Eastman ripping his shirt open and there's a there's a man inside screaming. It's pretty cool. I'm into that. Yeah. So we're going to go back. We're going to talk about Anthropophagus. We'll be right back. mysterious house, tortured by a malevolent force, destined to discover the hidden room in the realm of the Grim Reaper. One by one, he tracks them down. 
One by one, they disappear. One by one, they come face to face with the ultimate terror. And now, he's coming for you. The Grim Reaper. And we are back to talk about Anthropophagus. Um, now, this movie... Uh, I kind of sort of love this movie, like, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I thought you might. Tell, tell me about that. Um, so, for one, I don't want to say it's restrained, but I want to say, I, I don't want to say it's a slow burn, but I want to say, I will say that I really appreciate the idea of people showing up on an island and everyone being dead. And they're like, what the fuck happened here? And they just, there's, I, 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 it's, there's something about characters showing up in the aftermath of something terrible happening and having to like unravel that mystery. I fucking love that. Um, like this movie until we find, until George, until we find the, um, the guy who's fucking eating people and all that shit. This movie is almost like, and I'm being serious when I say this, this movie is like Dean Koontz's Phantoms, where these people show up in this town and everyone is either gone or weirdly torn apart, and then they have to unravel it from there. Except in Phantoms, it's the fucking, it's the blob, whatever. In this one, it's a rabid Italian man who's very upset, which is a very, um, that's a very big understatement. Um... But I don't know. There, I just, I just love this movie. How they're going from house to house, and they're like, "What the fuck happened here?" And they find the blind girl who's just like talking about this guy that smells of blood. And if you can put yourself in the shoes of these people, like you come to this island, you are hours away from civilization. Everybody's gone. There's the, also uh, there's a woman, and they just see this woman mysteriously walking around that they can't get a hold of. And then you find this blind girl who tries to stab you, and she's ranting about a man who smells like blood. That is so fucking upsetting. Um, I, I don't know. I just... And then, like, that last scene of him, like, eating his own guts is just so fucking weird and haunting and effective. And... Oh, God. I just, I just had a fucking blast with this movie. It is, I mean, I think you're right, and it does give me, not a lot of movies can give you all the things that you want to some extent, you know, but we've talked about in this show, like, I love gross, weird movies, but I also love movies that are kind of, that are, I mean, you kind of shied away from slow burn. It is a fucking slow burn. Like, the, the German couple gets killed, it's a little gross, but it's not that much. And it's also it's, very it, it's also very misleading. If right. you if, if I put this movie on and you just saw a movie called The Savage Island and you saw that you'd be like, oh, it's a monster. There's a monster in the water. Yeah, and then and then um and then it really is just bad vibes for yeah. like a long time. Bad vibes. Then there's a brief outbreak of violence where there's literally a head in a bucket, which is fucking awesome. Uh, and then there's just like lots of menacing shots of this guy. And honestly, a lot of the movie, if you don't know the story, you might think this guy is just like 
a smart zombie because his oh, yeah. he looks so fucked up that the the big reveal. So let, let's, I mean, you know, spoilers or whatever. But the big reveal of this movie is that this is a man who was lost at sea, who's been burnt by the sun, and and, and lost his mind a little bit because when his son died, right, he wanted to eat him because they're trapped on this fucking boat and they're going to die in the ocean. And he goes to like, you know, make a meal of his dead child. And his wife insists instead that he stab her and eat her flesh. And she like rips at her own flesh and is like, eat this. Uh, yeah. And so he loses his mind and now he's attacking and eat and, and eating, maybe not whole, but at least eating part of people all over the Island. He's just going around killing people and his, so I forget, is it like his sister who's protecting him on the island? Like he's in a cave and she's trying to keep people from it's, knowing, but he's it like, his, is it his sister or his here? Let me hang in a second. I forget which it is, but, uh, you know, he's already starting to murder when she's trying to keep it on the DL. And by the time these people get there, She's the only one left. Everyone is dead for one guy. And he doesn't have superpowers. He just is obsessed and crazy. And he's, yes. and he's George Eastman is a large man, too. That's part of it. He's a big guy. But still, it's just his insanity that is fueling this thing. And it is on paper. If you're like, well, that's stupid. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, it is a corny premise. And yet this movie is unaware of that. Because instead, it, it spins it into... A really horrifying. I mean, it's it really is. It's upsetting. It's it's very upsetting. upsetting. And and I always kind of wrote it off because I thought it was upsetting because of this famous scene. Which again, it's not on every poster. But if you have seen enough posters for this movie, you know there's a scene where he eats his own guts, uh, and that's on the poster. And you know, putting your most upsetting scene or what people think is your most upsetting scene on the poster feels like real carny shit like i was talking before like that's some real fucking get him in the door i guess but i bet you there were a lot of people who watched this movie who thought they knew what they were getting and it this is not what you think it is there's a lot of atmosphere and a lot of boil like a lot of like let's raise the temperature mm -hmm. and then it bursts into scenes of him like he literally eats an unborn fetus he strangles a woman to death rips out her baby and eats it which could be done in a way that feels like the corniest fucking 2000s edgelord shit. And in this movie, while it is upsetting and very gross, it doesn't feel like, ah, oh, I'm really pushing the boundaries. It's just like, yeah, it's a, it's gross. It's a horror film. This is scary. This is what I'm doing here. This and is like, what happens when, when there's he, a pregnant woman in this island. When he pulls the woman through the roof, that was oh also upsetting. That was the blind girl, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, he Jesus pulls Christ. Her up that through was the roof. It's so fucked up. I mean, that's what it boils down to. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of well-deserved like attacks and kills in the movie. And unlike the Beyond the Darkness, this movie, there is gore. When there is violence, you're gonna see what happens, and it's gonna make you fucking squirm. And it made me uh, not in every scene, but in a lot of scenes, I squirmed a little bit. I didn't get queasy, but I definitely was like, oh, that's gross. Oh, fuck. And like, you know, again, we're not gore hounds. That's not why we watch horror per se. But the way that it's deployed in this movie, no one ever told me that it was artistic, but it is. It, it, this is an artistic movie, but it's also mostly trying to fuck you up. And it's pretty successful. I think the, the the most fucked up thing about that scene that's on the poster 
it's bad enough that he's eating his own guts. What makes it even more fucked up is that he, he's looking at the guy doing it. Like, he's doing it almost as an act of exhibition. And because he's looking at the other character, I forget the guy's name, the fucking the, the hero. He's looking at the hero. He's looking right into the camera. He's looking at you as he's like eating his fucking guts. And the texture of it is so fucking gross. It's like stretchy and weird. And it's just such an intense scene. And then it ends. And the two survivors are just like, what the fuck just happened? It's, uh, I, I, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's like you could, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's like, Carney Barker bullshit to put that scene on the fucking post. I mean, there is a touch of that. There is a touch of come step inside. See what we have. I also think that's a fucking the balls on Joe D'Amato to put that scene on the poster. And for people to be like, like if people are watching this movie, like they better show me in his fucking guts. They fucking better show me. They, that better not be all fucking sizzle. And then when they show that, it's so much worse than it is on the poster. Like, I just think that is that is an act of confidence by Joe D'Amato to fucking show that and then have that, like, to, to show that on the poster. And then for that, to, you know, that scene in the movie is just like, he just, I don't, it, like, that is just an act of supreme confidence in, in right, rightfully so, um, in, in that scene, because Jesus Christ, it's intense. You know, it's funny. I, I, before we do these, I do like to see what other people say. There's a lot of focus in people's reviews upon this being a really quote unquote cheap B movie. And I, and I do think it's true. This isn't a high budget film. You're not watching some Hollywood thing or whatever. But like, to me, this isn't just a cheap gore thing. Like, it is a, it is a, low budget film filled with some really intense gore but i find all of the build up to the explosive 30 40 minutes at the end still engaging even if yes. it's kind of moving at a slower pace none of that bums me out and I, and i think a lot of people don't like it i think for me i think that makes the explosion of the end though there are some things in between in between it makes it that much more effective. And the way this movie ends is just, it's a goddamn bummer, Justin. I, I think it like, I, I said that, that sounds like a critique. It's a bummer in a good way. It, 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 it could have ended in a way that feels sappy. And the way that it ended to me felt kind of sad almost, right? Like kind of just like, hopeless. And I'm kind of okay with that. I think that that is part of the appeal. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it goes... It ties in with the concept of like, yeah, no one is okay at the end of a horror movie. Even if you survive, you're still fucked. It's right. the whole dog soldiers thing of like, are you ever going to go be okay now that you know what's actually out there? It's like the the two people who survive at the end, it might have been an act of mercy for them to die because now they have to live the rest of their lives burdened with what they saw. You know, they're, they're, they're fucked. Um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of the few movies, or no, one of the few movies. It's not one of the fucking few movies. I'm with you in that it, it it's just, it ends on such a, like a, what the fuck just happened? Like, this isn't like, there's no, like, um, you know, sure, this guy saves the day and kills this person, but it's very abundantly clear that it's like, there's still like 
they're fucked forever. I don't know. It's just like the, uh, I, I don't know. It's just this, it's like this, it's almost like, um, I don't want to dehumanize our, uh, our antagonist. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Klaus. Um, but it's almost like this dude did all this horrific shit. And then he just like, there's no justice really. Like, it's just this guy dying. And it's like, it didn't matter because he's so fucked. He didn't care. And all these people are left with is the fucking wreckage of what they saw. Yeah. And I think there's that even the, it, I'm sure the idea of someone going crazy on a boat after a, 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 you know, whatever being wrecked at sea or whatever, that might seem almost too easy comics for people. But <laughs> for me, it like, it just added a bit of extra, uh, intensity to the movie i i i i appreciated that again i don't want to overhype this either like this is not like for me a movie like possession that like will haunt me forever but i do think like i've i've basically i've let my perception i i was in a place where i was just thinking this was going to be the dumbest of the dumb gore movie like a cheap grab for money and I get why people might feel that way. This dude made a lot of horny movies that may or may not have been for just to make some money. But like, I do think he has an art now. I, two movies I've seen. I mean, I'm sure I've seen other movies of his actually, but the two movies we're talking about show me someone who there's something more going on there. Even if it doesn't work for you as a viewer, you might watch this and just be like, eh, it's just not for me. I do think there's something more going on, which I find interesting because at its base, this is still an exploitation film. This is still a yeah. film that's like, we're going to show this in drive-ins to people who like weird shit. And so it's not trying to be more than it is, but it's done in such a way that I feel like there's more going on than people give it credit for. Yeah. And... Which is not to say like, if you're someone who really just wants like high end overwrought intellectual horror you should go watch this right away some people are just going to be bummed on this fucking movie like i want to acknowledge that like part of its success is the fact that some people are going to watch it and be like fuck i can't handle this and yeah that's that's okay um no it's it's uh it's way better done it's not just like way more enjoyable it's way more done it's way it's far more technically adept then it gets credit for. Agreed. Agreed. Even though it is kind of a gross, weird movie, like it's not more than what it is, but it's so well executed. It makes me very happy. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. And you know what else I was thinking when I was watching this? It, you know how like Hellraiser feels? It's very claustrophobic and it takes place in the one house, but it feels like that house is massive. The setting for this movie, like the, 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 the Mediterranean Island, um, had that weird like labyrinth sense to it. Where they're like running around these alleys and these houses, like the setting of this movie, it 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 made it feel almost like you were trapped in a maze with this fucking thing that's trying to kill you, and it's it, it, a lot of it takes. There's like scenes that take place outdoors, you know. It feels claustrophobic in the sense that like the thing does. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just think that adds to like the dreamlike sense of it. it it's just. Well, another thing I think it does that's interesting for me, it's not a huge deal, but it is true. The way that a lot of slasher movies 
have a slasher who just is always in the right place or is always going to catch you. It pushes credulity. It doesn't make yeah. it more scary. It makes your brain start to go, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And in this movie, he's not magic, right? But when he shows up on this fucking island that they just don't know where they are and you, you really feel like they're never going to get off this fucking island, it's, it's more effective and scary than it is well, how did he get there? Well, how did he know? Like, I don't think no matter how skeptical you are of slasher movies, this guy's so fucking weird and the setting is so intense that I think when he surprises people, it just feels like part of why the movie is kind of scary. And not that it's like a total nail biter, but it manages to maintain the tension very well for a movie where just a big guy kills people and 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 eats parts of them, you know? Yeah, like like I said, you know, if if you if you watch this movie blind and you went in knowing nothing about it, the first half of this movie, you think you're watching a monster movie. Like and, and not just yeah, like a sure. I, I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. like actual like creature fucking something inhuman is on this island stalking people. Um I and I just I don't know. I I just think it works. And I mean it's it, I don't know if it's like a deliberate like like misdirection, but it fucking works and it's so good. There's actually a he actually made a sequel to this movie, um, that I want. I'm probably gonna watch tonight after 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 we're done recording. Uh, that has George Eastman. Um, it's 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 on Tubi. You know I'm gonna you know hype Tubi. Uh, it's called Absurd. Uh, oh, I was just thinking. A lot of people love Absurd. We did a shirt for Absurd for Rough Cut, and I still have never seen it. We should do an episode with that movie. I agree. We should. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I just I fucking I love Joe D'Amato and I love this movie. Um, I don't know. It, it's just I knew like I, I, I like I said, I, I thought I'd seen this movie, but I absolutely hadn't. Um, Oh, it's just so good. That's all. That's all I can really say. It's just, it's, 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 it's like a nightmare. It's just, it's so fucking good. Do you have anything else to say about the Joe D'Amato film? I don't know that I do, other than uh, respect to George Eastman because he's just walking around with the only part of the movie that kind of pushed my credulity and made me think about it being cheap is he's got some really gross facial applications the whole movie that you think he might be a zombie and then you realize he's just been sunburned in a horrifying way and there's a moment at the end of the movie right before the really effective gross gut eating scene where he comes out of the water and the facial stuff has fallen off a little bit in the water, right? Like some of the special effects have kind of washed off while he was in the yeah. water. That's the only part where people say this movie's cheap. There's probably other things I should say is cheap too. But the only part that actually made me stop and go, yeah, they didn't have a lot of budget for this movie is him coming out of the water. And you're like, hey, man, you look a little less bad. Did you just need to take a bath? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, someone should have been down there in the thing to be like, okay, let me reapply this shit to your face. So it looks a little more believable. And they didn't do that because they were probably running gunning. They're on some island in Italy. They didn't film this in Greece. They filmed most of it in Italy. They're on some fucking island. They're just trying to get this shit done. But again, maybe in my mind, knowing how limited this production probably was and what they were able to do, it's just more impressive that like there's more to Joe D'Amato than I think I've given credit before. And now I want us to watch more of his movies and talk about him on the show. Absolutely. All right. So that was Anthropophagus. 
Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can head to www.cinepunks.com to check out more episodes of this podcast and several others, including Liam's Cinepunks, Cinema Smorgasbord, Twitch of the Death Nerve, Tomb of Ideas. Uh, oh, God damn it. Carnage Help report. me out. Carnage, Carnage report. report. Cinema Smorgasbord. Cinema Smorgasbord. I'm losing air. Okay, I'm back. Also, be sure to check out www.xlvacx.com for Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, www.essexcoffeeroasters.com for Essex Coffee Roasters, um, and mechanicalsharkmedia.com for our good friend, Paul Sharktacon. Get it? He's the Sharktacon. He's no, that's trans- good. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also saw Transformers Rise of the Beast. It was fucking fantastic. It's the I best re- movie I've I ever am, fucking I re- seen. I refuse to believe you. No, I'm serious. It was it was it was a lot of fun. It was really I know, cool. But I refuse to believe. Okay, that's fine. You're missing out. It's Optimus Prime. He's. I mean, I'm gonna watch it at some point, but okay. I just don't believe it's that good. Okay. All right. Well, I Liam... just refuse. I refuse. Okay. Anyway, so thanks for listening. <laughs> Stop it. Thanks for listening. Um, and until next time. Till all are one, in the words of Optimus Prime. (laughs) Bye! See ya.